You are listening to episode number 46 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. A couple of months ago in the spring of 2017, I published an episode that went over my top five recommended ways for people to start generating income online. And this was a, a list that I put together for people to create a second or third or in some cases, if they really wanted to, a primary income stream. And the number one method on there, the number one recommended way that I put on that list, and because I believe in it, uh, to generate income online is a program called Merch by Amazon. And it's a print-on-demand service that they offer. And just to give a quick little background on it, essentially it's an invite-only program. So you have to go to the website for it, merch.amazon.com. You have to submit a request to be invited. So you have to request to be invited. And then once they invite you, uh, you know, and you get accepted, you can go on to the platform and start submitting designs. And once you submit a design, uh, which is in the form of a PNG file, uh, 4,500 by 5,400 pixels, you submit a design and you put some keywords up there, um, all inside of their little online tool. And they will then take that design and those keywords and they will create a listing on Amazon.com for buyers to go and shop for your shirts and buy your shirts. And when one is purchased, they will print it on demand and send it to that customer. So essentially, it costs you nothing and you don't have to manage any inventory and but you benefit by getting all of the Amazon traffic and all of the Amazon customers and credit cards that are sitting right there in the Amazon platform. And that's kind of the huge perk. That's why it's my number one recommended way because people can go and for zero money down, they can create all these designs and they can uh, benefit from having all the traffic from Amazon.com. And it's a great program. I still use it today and I I generate several right now I'm generating about $500 a month off of it and I'm pretty happy with that and it just continues to grow. So I've actually had a tremendous about 6 weeks with the program as far as scaling it and I think I've really found kind of the 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 strategy and as far as pricing, keywords, niches, and I'm really happy with it. But anyway, one of the tools that I use to to generate my re, to to go through my research and generate my designs and find my keywords is a tool called Merch Informer. And Merch Informer is a paid service, and it's a web-based tool that has everything that you need to find what you need to find about going into niches and looking up BSR of certain designs, competition check, trademark check, um, again, keyword research. And overall, it's extremely powerful. And I've been a merch informer customer for, well, since, since it was an early, early beta stages. And I have the founder of Merchant Former on the podcast today. His name is Neil Lassen, and Neil might be the most successful merch seller 
that I have interacted with. He pulls about uh, somewhere in the double digit thousands in terms of royalty payouts per month. So let's say around 15,000, that equates to about 2,500 shirt sales. That's about $50,000 in total sales. So he does really, really well. And he breaks down Merchant Former a little bit. He breaks down his recommended ways for finding niches, researching, um, why people don't succeed with keywords and some of the things that he recommends people think about and strategies to deploy when they are researching keywords and all the things that go along with that. So he's a really cool guy. It's a really interesting conversation. And if you're involved in print on demand services or merch or both, then I think you'll get a lot out of this. And if you are into print on demand stuff and you're not on merch, and you're using one of the other sites, you can still get a lot out of this. And there are things to take away from both the Merchant Former platform and also this interview with Neil. So I hope you enjoy it. Take some notes, listen to it twice if you need to. And I hope you enjoy the interview. Check it out. Neil Lassen from Merchant Former. Okay, so Neil, uh, first and foremost, man, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. And as a customer of your service that you provide, Merchant Former, I'm really stoked to be finally talking to you. So, uh, you know, before we get into Merchant Former and before we get into your merch successes, uh, why don't you just take a second, tell everyone who you are and what has you excited right now? Uh, well, my name's Neil. Uh, I appreciate you having me on here today. Um, who I am? Well, I graduated college a few years ago and decided I didn't want to go to law school, that I wanted to take a chance on myself. So I started building, you know, niche websites. That was kind of my thing for a while. Uh, eventually kind of, uh, found merch by Amazon almost immediately after it came out. And, you know, I said I was doing FBA at the time which is a huge headache. I had to deal with, you know, people in China getting products shipped to Amazon back and forth. I saw that with Merch by Amazon, I didn't have to hold any product myself. I didn't have to do any, you know, I didn't have to talk to customers. I thought, well, that's the greatest thing ever. I need to give this a shot. <laughs> so I signed up and back then for the first like month or two, it was an instant approval. So I immediately got an account. Oh, that's awesome. Um, not a graphic designer at all, so but I can open Photoshop and type some words. So that's what I did. Open Photoshop, made a few designs, and they started selling probably within a few days. Like you know, one sale here, one sale there. So I designed, you know, I think I designed 100, maybe 125 shirts. When uh, I got teared up a few times, and then I was like, okay, this is an actual thing. This could be really big. And then at that point, I started outsourcing, and from there, it's just been growing. And we started Merch Informer, which is a company I run for uh, researching Merch by Amazon niches. And I still I still uh, sell on Amazon, so everything is just kind of rolling in the right direction. Oh, that's awesome, man. Okay, so uh, so this all started. You know, you originally got into Amazon stuff because of the FBA opportunity. So, are you still selling physical products under you know fulfilled by Amazon? Yeah. So I mainly did you know niche websites which has grown into like large affiliate websites you know for uh amazon affiliate and i was like well why don't i just sell these products myself on my own websites that sounds really easy 
So I went out and I, you know, sourced products from China. I still sell a little bit through FBA, but not nearly as much as I used to because merch is just so much better in every aspect. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll go into that a little bit. But but first, uh, what did you go to college for? Uh, economics and political science. Economics and political science turned into a merch career. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I was, I was all signed up. I was going to go to law school. I thought that's what I wanted to do. And then one day I woke up and I'm like, eh, maybe not. We'll see. So here we are today. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty cool story though. I I did. Is that something you came up with on your own or were you kind of like nudged or steered in that direction? No, I had, I had, yeah, no, I had actually always been really interested in, you know, law related stuff things and my parents like to say I like to argue so it was kind of it it was kind of a good it would have probably been a good fit but I decided I want to try my own thing first and so far so good yeah I love it that's awesome man that's really cool and uh so cool all right so um you know you you started this I think when did it start September 2015 is that when merch officially opened yeah yeah late 2015 yeah okay so you were up and running by what, October, November? Uh, October, November, somewhere in there is when I joined. Yeah, it was, it was right before they changed to an invite-only system. I got in right before the, t- <laughs> right before they changed it and put in the wait period. Yeah, that's cool. I I think I waited. Um, it, it was a long time. It was like four or five months. It was a while. Um, yeah. and I was an early 2016 applicant and it took me from like January to May or, or February to, to June or something like that. I just remember it took forever. I was, uh, I was, saw someone post the other day in Facebook that it took them 435 days or something ridiculous oh to get accepted. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine waiting that long. That's, uh, but, wait, that's like a year and, uh, well, hold on. Yeah. 430 days. Yeah. That's like a year and a couple months. Why did it take so long? Do they have a banned account or something? I have absolutely no idea. I mean, nowadays I know they're getting a lot faster just simply because they're scaling people up. People are getting accepted way quicker, like, you know, three weeks. So, wow. Okay. Crazy. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So, <laughs> so when you first started, all right. So right now the, I think when you start Amazon merch, you are capped at 10 shirts, I think. Some, uh, depending on the circumstances, most of the cases, uh, that I've, you know, for people I've talked to, it's 10. When I started, it was 25. What was the limit when you started? 25. Okay. So there was a limit. And yep. did you, there just, there, what, when I started, there wasn't any upload limits though. So okay. right now when you start, you get 10 slots, you can upload two a day. Back then you would get 25 slots and you could upload all 25 in that single day if you wanted to. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So actually, that you know was what? nice. Yeah. I had a, I had no limit on daily uploads either. Now that I think about it, that seems like a while ago, but yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I hated uploading so much. I mean, it's, I'm, that's what I'm pretty good at. I'm coming up with the keywords and everything, but it was so just mind numbing because, you know, once you get in the process it's like okay i have to upload this many shirts so i'd save them up and i'd save them up and then i'd do like 150 in one day and it would just take forever but i'd get them done yeah i'm not gonna lie that sounds agonizing i, I <laughs> <laughs> once i get over about 10 or 15 you know like pop because i'll populate my keywords and my bullet points and everything ahead of time so that when okay. you know the day rolls over you know maybe i'm still up at midnight or maybe it's the next morning i'll go in and i'll just <laughs> copy and paste everything and just get my my uploads you know met early as early as possible uh, right. but when i'm sitting there and i'm populating all that stuff i 
after like 10 or 15 of them, I'm just drained. I don't know. I just, I, I personally can't stand doing it. So it's cool that you like doing it. And obviously, Oh, I don't, I, I, I think I'm decent at it. I don't, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very mind numbing. It's, but, but, but the opportunity to make money is so great. You know, I, I do it. So, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So I, um, I want to just kind of go back in time a little bit. So you started with very, very basic designs. You opened Photoshop and you, was it literally just designs with words or did you copy and paste some images or did you draw some images? Uh, uh, it like was words and I found some free vectors. Okay. So that's, I just kind of, I copy, I just dragged the vector in there, you know, I resized it, I put some words on it and then saved it. And I was good to go. And that was that. And, and I, they were not pretty, but they sold, <laughs> they, they sold. It's like the easiest thing in the world. I mean, they don't have to, is, you know, someone wants to buy that. I don't ever design for myself because I wouldn't wear half the stuff I create or put up <laughs> online, but other people will. That's what people need to realize. Yeah. Well, it's not for you. It's the market deciding what they want. So um, I, 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 the same way I'll, I will spend, I don't do most of my shirt designs now, uh, but when I first started, I did. And I, I restricted myself solely to illustrator and um adobe illustrator and i would okay. i would make a design some of them i would literally spend because i was also learning the tool i would spend two three hours creating one design <laughs> and then 60 yep. days later they'd pull it off because i had no sales and then other ones i would spend five minutes making or seven minutes making and i would sell like two a day for you know like con consistently um, well yeah and it's like i'm not a designer either but when i was watching you know the presidential debates it's like someone would say something incredibly stupid, and I'd be like, well, that's a design. So I'd run the other <laughs> room. I'd open up Photoshop, bam, put it live on Merge, and then go finish the debate. <laughs> and, those, so, and those would sell. And those, and those would sell, exactly. It took me 30 seconds to you know, write two words and save it. Wow, okay. Now, um, so how many shirt designs are you up to now? Uh, a little over 1,200. 1,200, okay. So it's been... I've been a little lax on uploading lately. Let's put it that way. Okay. And we're at, I mean, you've only been in it now for about a year and a half, right? So um, I think it was, you said November 2015. So yeah, about a year and a half, a little, little less. And you're up to 1,200 designs. How much in royalties are you pulling in per month? Uh, we're consistently doing over uh, five figures. So that's wow. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it, it swings. What we've seen, so... I. Most of the big sellers that I know are getting – they're really trying to fill out all their slots before Q4 because when November and especially the first few weeks in December roll around, like earnings, they 4 to 5x themselves easily. Wow. So people in December are going to have massive months. <laughs> as long as you fill as many slots as you can before Q4 rolls around. Okay. Uh, be in good shape. <laughs> so it's May now. So we have some time. Don't, don't they do they um I think last year they shut it off, right? They shut off uploads. Uh, oh, man, they they did. <laughs> I forgot about that. They did for a while. Yeah, they did and I don't remember when exactly it was or for for how long, but um I would think I guess I would advise anybody now I mean I know it's May, but you, you know, people might not be listening to this until August or something, but uh, or September. I would advise anybody to have all their designs, at least enough designs to populate their max capacity by probably like, you know, the end of, of October, like around Halloween or something. Cause I don't yeah, know. And I'm, 
I'm yeah. also hoping that you know it doesn't happen this year because I mean they've had a whole year to scale up. They uh, they made a deal with um, what are they called? Corn something printers, a, a giant printing company. So they made a deal with them. So they're definitely increasing capacity, which is I think their main issue last year. They just couldn't keep up. Okay, well that makes sense. I mean I didn't even know that, so that's interesting. Yeah. So. All right, so let's go back a little bit. So when you say um, you said you're in the five figure range every month, royalties, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. So um, when you say five figures, is it more like ten, eleven thousand, or is it more like eighteen, nineteen thousand, twenty thousand? Uh, it's 000? more in the up. It's more in the upper range there. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Congratulations, that's crazy. Thanks. Uh, so how many shirt sales does that equate to roughly per month? Uh it depends. It it honestly depends because I have I have sales all over the place. I have shirts that are you know still they're still fourteen ninety nine from when I uploaded them you know a year and a half ago, and then I have shirts at nineteen ninety nine. So it's usually all over the board. But I mean we're usually selling you know a couple hundred a day. A couple hundred a day. <laughs> yeah. That's that's incredible. Um, I would say those results are not typical, but no, I would definitely say. That. <laughs> But I mean, if you if you have enough slots available, right, and you go into niches that you know that sell, and then you can get. I think the biggest thing that people you know completely ignore is reviews. If you can get a review, just a single review, on one of your shirts, that shirt will continue to sell. So the it reviews just, are the okay. Now reviews are huge. Now yeah. So I come from the FBA world too. So okay. <laughs> I have lived through that whole. Uh, launch and get reviews thing, giveaways, all that. Um, oh that's God! Not, yep. Yeah, you remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So nowadays, you know, in well, especially in merch, you can't track that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, how or or can you? Is there a way to track, uh, you know, the the buyers? And is there a way to incentivize? That's probably not the right word to use for it, but is there a way to um, reach out and ask politely for a review on something like you can with a, an FBA product? Uh, currently, no, which is a massive downside, I think. But, I mean, my whole strategy from the beginning was I'm going to take less of a royalty up front and I'm going to sell as many as possible because I know people, you know, they're not very likely to leave a review. But I'm more likely to have a review if I'm selling 10 times more shirts than the other guy. So when I first started, I priced incredibly low. You know, I barely, I didn't take very much royalty at all, and I just, I did, I did volume, as okay. much volume as possible. And then, I mean, once you, once you get a review, or once you get two reviews, bam, pop the price up. It'll keep selling. You won't, you won't really lose any sales at all. Now, does a review because there's, I mean, I, I think out of all my designs. I'm trying to think if I have any reviews. I might. I don't think I do. And I have sales every day. <laughs> so. Oh uh, right, they're not needed to make daily sales for sure. But it basically just kind of like it cements you in that shirt. It's not going to die in the future, pretty much. Right now, does that does that automatically or or maybe not automatically? But does that have a huge impact on your ranking when people search for that? You know, one of your keywords. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's kind of where the extra sales are coming from. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you're not going to be buried on page two or three. You're going to be kind of near the top of page one. Right. And I mean, for most niches, if you're you know doing your research, that only means you need one review. So it's not you don't need you know fifty to a hundred like back in FBA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a single five star review. Got it. Got it. Okay. Cool. So, all right. And you do nothing to get these reviews other than launch the shirt or post the shirt. 
at a very, very low cost. I mean, that's what I did when I started, right? But see, now that I have so many slots available, now I pretty much just price towards the market. So if I'm looking at, you know, the niche of cats or whatever, and the average price in the top 100 is, you know, 17 bucks, that's probably what I'll price my shirt at. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, there's there's different pricing strategies to play around with, and they each have their, you know, merits, and I don't know. It's something you got to test. Uh, do you do any of your designs anymore? No. Nope. No. So I saw a blog post that you wrote up on Merchant Former about utilizing Upwork. Yes. And, yes. Yeah, so that was that was um, that was good, and I, I'd heard of that about that before, but I have actually, I took a I took that recommendation personally, and I know several other people that did the same thing, and um, you know, there's definitely some there's some learning curves to dealing with people. <laughs> oh, there definitely is. Yeah, but once you can get past those, it's worth it. It, uh, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've found my designers that are are just killing it for me, and uh, they do they do a great job. And then you know what between like the rates and everything, you know, I get one sale on that shirt, and it basically pays for itself. So it it, it works out really well. Um, the language barrier I've found to be um, a, a little bit of a of an obstacle, and then it can be hard. That's why you have to go through like I mean, I don't know about you personally, but most people need to go through, you know, at least a few different applicants to find someone that they fit well with and can actually communicate well with. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, and even the first, I'll say the first correspondence wasn't, it wasn't quite enough to get a good feel for the person. Um, and you know, I, I had, uh, I, I learned a few things the hard way, which I think is, yeah. you know, everyone does. But, uh, the other thing I've learned is that, and uh, you probably learned this too, is the, the communication of requirements, right? Like the articulating of exactly what you want. Can you talk about that a little bit? And, you know, I, I want you to be, if you can, be as specific as possible uh, because the English oh, language is, you know, it's words. But if you're trying to articulate a design to your graphic designer and you don't have an example shirt or an example design to show them, how do you articulate that to them? Okay, I'm probably the worst person to ask about this, but <laughs> okay, I I like to hire people because I am not very you know artistically creative at all. Like if I if I was making the majority of my shirts, I probably wouldn't be anywhere close to what I'm doing. So the way I do it is once I find someone that I can actually communicate well with, and you know I set out the ground rules. You know you can't copy this. You have to use texts and files that are you know commercially available that you don't pay for. Once I have all that laid down, I basically just send them, you know, a page on Amazon, a shirt on Amazon, a niche on Amazon. I'm like, okay, I want you to create a shirt in this niche, but I want, and I'm going to give you, you know, creative control here. Come back to me with something, right? And they'll come back to me with something. I'll either say like, you know, I like it. Can you do this or that to it? Or, you know, I hate it. Do something else. <laughs> but I, I mean, they come back with stuff that I would have never thought of. But if it's in the niche that I know sells well and the design is clearly better, then I'll throw it up, right? So I don't really go and I'm like, I don't want the, I, I don't go to someone and I say, you know, I don't, I want a balloon here and I want this draft holding the balloon. I'm like, no, I want you to create a draft shirt, make something better than is what is currently available. So I pretty much give everyone free reign to do what they want as long as they come back with decent designs. Got it. How many designs would you say you have to have revisions made for 
or oh not not many i would say i mean there's there's been a few like misspellings right sometimes (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i don't even catch that i was selling a shirt i was selling a shirt that was selling super well for months until i realized that i had spelled rifle riffle i mean that guy (laughs) and i was like i i can't believe i didn't catch that and i was like okay can you please redo this but no i would say maybe five out of every hundred or so okay that's pretty low then that's good Yeah, it's not too bad okay and um wow but see i mean the thing is though i've been working with this guy for you know almost two years now so we have a pretty good understanding of you know how i expect things done at first, you might need to make a lot more revisions than that, go back and forth a lot more. But once you find someone that you can work well with, uh, hold on to them. Yeah, I mean, this person's part of your team now, right? It's basically yeah. working. Yeah. Okay. Um, so do you just have one designer then doing all your work? I have one main designer. I have like maybe five to six designers that I will outsource to. Okay. But one main guy I've been working with for a long time. Okay, got it. And is he... Uh, is he consistently making shirts for you every single day? Uh, not every day. I would say every month. I mean, I send him batches of like, you know, 30 to 100 at a time. Okay. And then, you know, he takes his time doing them, makes sure they're all good, sends them back to me. So it's not like I get designs every day. It's like I get a batch of designs back and then I have a while to, you know, work on that batch, uploading them. Okay, so cool. So I, I have listen. I have I have so many questions. Uh, some of these are actually from people that are listening to the podcast. You know, have asked me prior that I wasn't able to answer. So, uh, I want to talk a little bit about brands and okay. uh, niche. And we're gonna go. I want to go deep, if possible, into niche research and how you may or may not use Merchant Former, Pinterest, stuff like that. But uh, first, let's talk about brands. So, um, if you create a niche or you, you, you find yourself in a niche that is selling well, uh, and you really want to go deep into that niche, would you make like one brand? Would you make multiple brands? How would you attack that? So I would personally, I like to do multiple brands because I feel like I can, you know, target at a lot of different angles. I actually just wrote a post about this. The brand name in Amazon actually has some effect over your rankings. What do you okay. Mean? So, uh, so, for example, if I was trying to rank for the keyword uh, black cat, right? I use that all the time. If I was trying to rank for the keyword black cat, uh, the title is important, the bullet points are important, but the actual brand name is important too. So if you can get the, you know, the main keyword that you want to rank for in all three of those spots, you stand a better chance of getting organically ranked uh, higher than you would if you didn't have that keyword in all three spots. Really? So okay. Yeah, so essentially the brand I, – I ran a small test on it. It's an article I can link you later if you want, but it's on merchantformer.com. Um, yeah, so essentially the main keyword I want to rank, I try to work into the brand name as well as the title and bullet points. So basically if I was going into a niche that I knew was selling well already, I would probably make you know 10 to 20 shirts and put different variations of the main keyword in the brand name. Okay. Um, so they'd all be a little bit different, but they'd all be, you know, going for the same niche. All right. I understand. Um, now, if you were making, let's just say, we'll keep talking about that black cat niche. If you were making um, shirts about black cats <laughs> uh, and you had like, I don't know, four different brands or something that all had black cat or, you know, 
black cat city or something then like you're populating each of those brands would you would you populate them all evenly would you populate would you would you duplicate one like have one with you know black text or and then one with white text and cross them um you know, am I thinking, am I overthinking it here or how? how? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I usually do um, just one shirt, one brand. And then, you know, the next shirt I upload, it has a new brand. It's just the way I've always done it. I mean, sometimes you get people who aren't too happy with, you know, what you've done or you're out selling them. So they'll go to your shirt and I'll try to leave a negative review or something. It basically just keeps people from going through and, you know, kind of trying to tank all your shirts at once. It just splits everything up kind of diversifies the risk. Oh, okay. Okay. That's interesting. Um, do you deal with that a lot? Uh, I wouldn't say a lot. I mean, it happens occasionally. Okay. Uh, it's, it's nothing really to worry about, honestly, but I, yeah. I don't know. I just like to split everything up. This is <laughs> the way I've always done it. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have a, a handle for, or a feel for how many brands you have today out of the 1200 designs? Uh, probably 1150. <laughs> I, yeah they're almost all unique honestly oh wow okay so all right so you, you will do a shirt per brand kind of in some cases yeah pretty much okay pretty much. okay do you have a feel for how many how many niches you're involved in Ooh. uh i honestly off the top of my head i probably couldn't even tell you i just I mean, my whole thing is i find niches that already have demand because i don't want to create demand that takes forever I don't want to have to do all this extravagant marketing. I want to go where people already are shopping and just give them a better product. So I go where the money is essentially. Got it. So, I mean, if you had to get 200, 500, mm, 50? Probably, I would say 500 plus. Okay. So quite a few. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, so it, it depends what, you're, what you consider a niche though, right? So, I mean, you can have a camping niche and within camping you can have, you know, tents or drinking and campfires and you know who knows what else right right <laughs> so uh, it kind of just depends on how you want to you know describe it got it got it okay well this is actually a, a, a good segue though um so you know regarding niches or you know niches um i've been informed actually lately that niche is not really the right word no matter uh, I, that's what i've heard but you know <laughs> niche just sounds weird to me uh, it does to me too, but I think that might just be because I'm a creature of habit and I've been saying niche for so long. Yeah. But, all right. So anyway, I'm just going to continue with it and, um, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, when you are, let's say, I don't know, researching, you're spending a day or an afternoon or something researching new niches so that you can provide your designer with the 30 to a hundred designs that you need him to make, you know, that month or whatever. Uh, what's your strategy for doing that? Okay, so I don't know if you've talked on the podcast before about uh, Amazon BSR. Have no, you? no. Okay, so all products on Amazon are ranked by something called BSR or Best Sellers Rank. Um, each each main category has a BSR. Okay, so if one shirt is selling really well, it's going to have a lower BSR. So the best selling shirt on Amazon will have a BSR of one, and like. The worst selling shirt will have no BSR. If you have, yeah, if, if you don't have a single BSR, it means the shirt hasn't sold yet. Um, if you have a shirt in the millions of, like the BSR might be like six point three million. It means it sold once, like you know, a month or two ago. So what I will do is I will go into the T-shirt category, 
okay? And I will search, you know, by different keywords, breaking it down, kind of niching it down. But what I'm looking for specifically is I want to find designs that are that are around 100,000 to 300,000 BSR, which from experience and, you know, FBA and everything else, that equate 100,000 BSR equates to around one sale a day. One sale a day, okay. So... In the grand scheme of things, I want a design to sell just once to cover my cost, right? But what I'm really gunning for is a sale a day. Like that's obviously not going to happen for every shirt I sell. But if I target those ranges, I consistently sell shirts. So that's kind of the primary factor of what I'm looking for. So why, okay, so why you're looking for one sale minimum per day average, but why would you not target something with like a 10,000? Or a twenty thousand BSR. Uh, when you have enough slots, you might decide you want to. But the thing is, um, everyone, you know, you have fifty thousand people making shirts that have ten thousand BSR. They, I mean, like for example, for example, um, remember the nasty woman comment? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, I, do. I have never seen more nasty women T-shirts up on. Amazon. Everyone, I mean, all they said was two words, right? Yeah. Everyone can make one of those shirts, so everyone threw one up on Amazon. Did you throw one up on Amazon? I did. <laughs> did it but, sell? But that, uh, it did not sell. It okay. didn't. But, I mean, another one got uh, to like 200, BSR of 200, which means they're oh, wow. selling a thousand a, a day or something? Yeah, something ridiculous. So, when you, ha- but I mean, when, when everyone's first starting off, right, they have 10, 2,500 slots. You don't really have slots to mess around with. And I find if you're in the 100,000 to 300,000 BSR, it's like the sweet spot of you're making consistent sales, but you're not competing with the entire, every, everyone else in the program. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like the sweet spot in the middle. Okay. Um, how many of your designs end up getting pulled? on average because they are they end up in the millions uh you mean pulled for the 60-day rule right which i think is it's now it's 90 now but yeah yes for for not selling yeah um i man i lost maybe i lost quite a bit actually about 40 percent but here's the thing i lost 40 percent and then i put those back up and again once once they come down you know you have another chance to put them back up with fresh eyes you look at the niche again you come up with different keywords and they'll start selling They'll start selling because, I mean, you made, my thinking was I made that design in the first place because I did the research. So I, I know it's a decent design. I know that there is demand in that niche that the design was created in. I just need to make sure people see it. So, you know, you get a chance to play around with the keywords and if you can get them sold, then they'll stay online. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a shame to just try to like, just throw it away, you know? Well, yeah, I know. A bunch of people said, oh, well, I'm not going to put it back up. I don't want to clog the catalog. And I'm like, why? You did did the work. Like, just put it back up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Okay, so about 40% and you put those back up. And do you recycle? Do you end up recycling everything? Or are there, have, there uh, been designs where, have there ever been designs where you just kind of like shelved it and said, well, you know, that hasn't sold in, in two cycles and it's been pulled down twice. So you know, screw it. I'll just kind of shove that one and maybe save it for later or something. Sometimes. I mean, the only designs I really take down or don't put back up are ones where, you know, I put it up and maybe it didn't sell or maybe it even did sell. And that was six months ago. And then today, you know, someone trademarks that phrase and I'm like, well, 
now, now I got to take it down because I want to make sure my account stays safe. Right. So I'll just pull, yeah. yeah, I'll just pull those. Oh, that actually, uh, that brings up another question um, regarding trademarks. So I had a shirt up there with the most generic saying ever. And it, <laughs> yep. and it sold like three, you know, quantity three over a six month period. I mean, it was really low, but I got an email saying I violated a trademark and they pulled it down. Um, I'm assuming that's happened to you. And yep. <laughs> when that, ha like how many times has that happened to you? And, and do you have a good feel for how many times that can happen before they actually do take action on like, you know, shutting you down? I, I, it's happened to me maybe, I don't know, seven to 10 times, probably somewhere around there. Okay. Not too many for the amount of designs I have up. But I mean, I know people with, you know, two to three times that amount that their accounts are fine. But I also know people who've had less than me and their accounts have been banned. Banned? Okay, so, was it yeah, so like it, blatant though? Was it, you know, something not, just egregious? Not, no, not really. I mean, it was kind of like kind of skirting around the edge, which I don't recommend people do, you know, try to be sneaky. Right. But... I don't know. See, Amazon gives the terms are so they're so vague. You don't really, and if you get in trouble, they don't tell you, you know, what's going on or why. Even when they send you the takedown notices, and even if you hold the copyright yourself, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. They're just yeah. They're just so they're so vague. They just I guess they're trying to cover themselves. But I just want to make sure that I take action before someone comes after me is because the way it works in trademark is that you know you register a phrase okay and then it takes like nine months for that phrase to actually be fully registered to you and in that nine months even though that the process isn't complete they can go to Amazon and basically say hey I, I you know I registered this and start enforcing a trademark that isn't even complete and Amazon will take down other people's stuff so it's kind of the wild west right now Wow. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't know that part of it. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I think it'd be one thing if you were trying to make like the Ford logo, you know, but spell it like F R O D or something like you know misspell yeah. it, but use the exact same font. You know, that's to me that's like you know, yeah, you're clearly trying to rip off the Ford logo and you're trying to be you know, whatever you're trying to be funny and skirt around it. But if you're using a phrase that in itself isn't trademarked. Uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, I it, 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 it depends. You can normally get you know Amazon to remove that strike from your account if you are diligent and emailing them and saying, hey, you know, this isn't registered. But I mean, tr trademark is just so outdated. I feel like people are definitely taking advantage of it. Oh uh, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> so agree more. Yep. Yep. I don't know. It's frustrating, but you know, it's part of the game that you play. You just you try to keep your account clean and you know scale up. Right. Okay. Uh, all right, cool. So let's talk about uh, how you optimize your listings, you know, besides having the same keyword common between your title, your bullet points and uh, the brand, you know, how do you find and really optimize your keywords in your bullet point? I guess bullet point specifically. And then also uh, in addition to that, you know, what are your thoughts on the description part of the listing? And, you know, do you care about that as much? Um, so, you know, how do okay. you attack that? Okay, so starting with the description, it's not really important for ranking within Amazon itself. Like, it really has no bearing at all. Okay. But the description comes into play when people are on Amazon and looking at mobile because the description shows on mobile. Um, and it also has to do with if you, if you want to rank it in Google, 
the description is often used as the meta description and little oh, okay. words underneath That's the title. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. so like I, I would say the vast majority of mine uh, I just skipped because I, I didn't really even think about the mobile or Google like six months ago. Yeah. But then I <laughs> yeah, I started I started adding them here and there. Um, so I would definitely recommend adding them if you can. Some people just take the bullet point, like take bullet point and just copy paste it below. So I mean sure. that's kind of up in the air. You know, you want to do it, you don't want to do it. it. Doesn't have too much to do with organic rankings. Um, for the keywords themselves, in the bullet points, I do two things. The first is I go through and I look at people who are already selling in the niche, right? So if I'm if I have a camping shirt. And I think it's the greatest camping shirt ever. So I'll go and I'll find, you know, the best selling camping shirt, the best, you know, 20 selling camping shirts. And I'll actually read their bullet points and the people who do their bullet points correctly, you know, in sentence form, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to go through and you're reading and they're like, okay, camping shirt, uh, campfire tea, you know, they'll have, if you, if you know what a keyword is, you'll, you'll be easily to pick out the ones that they're using. So I'll just make a list of those. And I will include those in some way in my description. I mean, uh, rather my bullet points. And then the other thing I do is I take those keywords, you know, campfire or, you know, camper, whatever your shirt you're putting up, and I'll just try to fill it as full as possible, where it still makes sense in sentence form with synonyms, because that's how you capture all the extra like long tail traffic. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, you know, you, you probably make up some of your own too, but yeah, let's say in, in general, you take like the already best selling stuff and move that over and that's that, right? Well, yeah, I don't just move it over. I mean, I just look at what kind like the main keywords are in their right, listing. Not word and then for I'll word use, necessarily. Right, right. But... <laughs> and then I'll use those in my own way. Right. right. So, so it sounds unique. I mean, I, I usually talk out loud to myself when I'm writing them so it sounds coherent <laughs> yeah. yeah so once that's good I'll usually push it live but a lot of the t a lot of the time once you get a good feel for how keywords work you just you just type them out and you go you don't really need to look all the time at you know 10 top sellers you might just look at one or you might just off the top of your head talk about camping in general and you get the long tails in there just automatically right okay and you said earlier that you make your your bullet points um sentence form and you don't just sit there and just like jam keyword after keyword after keyword you actually make them legible intelligently written like sentences yep and i also try to you know where it makes sense i try because that's the one opportunity you have to actually try to sell the customer you know like marketing wise because, I mean, the the design could be great, the price could be great, but you need to tell the customer, like, why do they need this shirt right now? Like, they could buy a similar shirt probably from anyone else on Amazon. So you kind of have to try to, like, connect with them in that split second that they're reading it. Okay, so I know in my research, a lot of people, they'll use a format that's like, um, you know, if it's a black cat shirt, because we're talking about that, they'll, they might say, you know, for lovers of like cats, felines, black cats, tiger cats, orange cats, <laughs> cats, whatever. Yeah. Like they'll do that yeah. and they'll they'll make this really it is a sentence but it's this long run on thing about lovers of every single freaking breed of cat, you know. Yeah, I really don't do that. I probably say something along the lines of like are you at home snuggling your cute black cat, you know? If so, you need to grab one of these black kitty tees today or something. 
right. simple, Got stupid it. like that. But I mean, <laughs> it works, right? They're going to see it. They're going to be like, oh, I own a black cat myself. This is a really cute design. Like, I need this. And they'll buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot. Of, I feel like a lot of the sales are just, you know, I mean, I might just be talking on my soapbox here, but are just impulse buys. You know, they're, they're cheap enough and they're kind of novelty. So. Yeah, they're under twenty bucks typically, and they're they're novelty, like you said. Um, and i I think I think you're right. And if anyone's listening, the bullet point format that Neil just described, I think, is absolutely awesome. It, it's like, you know, you don't want to do this huge, over the top, elaborate, uh, like almost you know, bullet point that looks like it was made by a robot, you know, <laughs> some kind of keyword generator. Uh, you want to almost articulate it as if you're talking to somebody. You know, like like he said, a marketing almost like a marketing slogan that isn't too pushy kind of thing. Um, yeah. So that's cool. Um, are you the, I don't even know if you know this, but are you, are you the, or one of the most, uh, like highest revenue generating sellers on merch? I have absolutely no idea. No idea. No, I, I don't even know how many people are like, you know, accepted into merch by Amazon. Uh, no, you know, I've looked around for numbers on how many merch sellers there are, how many people there are app- uh, um, applying, you know, how many applicants and like none of that data is available. I, I know it, Amazon just kind of keeps it to themselves. Yeah, they totally do. And, you know, I noticed, um, they changed, like they gave a facelift to merch the other day. Yep. Um, so, you know, they are paying attention to it and they're tweaking things a little bit, you know, they added new colors, um, you know, so they are they are paying attention to it, but they're just so quiet about all the changes and all the like the future of the program. Uh, well, and I know, and they're still. I, f- I feel like they're still focused on the program being for app developers. Which what, I what do you I, mean? Uh, well, I don't know if you know this, but when they first launched, uh, the program was open for everyone because it was targeted. At, they wanted people that owned apps to promote, uh, you know, merch within their app. That's why if you log in, you know, you see you can have a promotion, but the only promotions you can do within Merge are apps. in your mobile app. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, yeah. I, and I yeah, and I don't know why they're so focused on these mobile apps, because I feel like, you know, people saw the writing on the wall. They can just upload designs and make royalties. So it's flooded with everything but app developers. You know, I don't think I've actually used an app on my phone. And I use a lot of apps that has pushed a shirt. I haven't either. I haven't either. So. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Well, there must be something I'm missing then. I mean, Amazon—they're—they're—they're they're, they're not idiots. You know, they're smart, but uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. So, um, yeah. So anyway, they're super secretive about it. But uh, you know, regarding some of those new changes they've made, you know, they added those new colors. Um, that kind of leads me to another question: Do you see a higher number of sales in one particular color than any other colors? And then also, what about the styles of shirts? You know, between the um, Bella and Canvas, and then the other standard one. Yeah, so I only do Anvil shirts because I like to make the most money. Uh, the the other fair. ones, you know, take <laughs> yeah, they take more out of your royalty. And I've seen people praise both of them because I think I think the Anvil shirts are kind of you know cheap myself, but some people love them because they're so soft. Right. And uh, so I've seen praise and you know dislike for both both of them, but the Anvil ones make me the most money, so that's what I stick with. Got it. Uh, as for colors, black sells incredibly well. Um, the dark blue sells well. I started selling a lot of the heathers, and then the light blue sells. That's probably up there near the top. 
What the sky, the, like the sky blue one or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that really light blue. Really, okay. Uh, sky blue, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Okay, what about? But one thing to mention, though, I guess, is that uh, Merch Amazon did a webinar like maybe a year ago, and they said that the best selling colors they're in order, right? So the first color in the list is supposed to be the best selling color. I don't know if I believe that or not, but that's what the head of Merch Amazon said. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> The uh, the color temp like the color palette that pops up when you right. upload a design. From... The, the very first one in that list is supposed to be the best seller. Really? Yep, that's okay. what the guy said about a year ago. And they're and they're in order of like sale quantity or sale frequency. Yeah, but that but keep in mind that's before they added the heather colors. Okay. Even if you take those out, I'm still surprised. Oh, I am too. I don't. I don't know if I believe that for a second. I mean, my my my, my sales don't don't back that up. No, but. nothing I sell maps to that <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, that's interesting. What about uh, what about the cut? Like the you know the female, male, and youth cuts. Does do you sell more? I'm assuming you sell more of the male cut than anything else. Uh, not not really. I mean, it, it, that it also, everything depends, right? I mean, I sell a lot of the male cup, but I also sell a lot of the female. I would say children is probably the least, wow. but, uh, okay. it definitely depends on what niche you're going into and who the shirt is designed for. I Interesting. guess. Yeah. But I, I always pick all three options because I don't, youth is unchecked by default. So I always make sure to check that because I don't know what people are going to want to buy. So, yeah, no, you make never sure know. I have the max, max, max coverage. <laughs> I can tell you with 100% certainty that the majority of my sales are the male cut between size um, medium and extra large, black, <laughs> navy. Yo, definitely black for sure. Or like, I think it's asphalt, like dark gray. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the design is. And even, even the girl, like the shirts that are clearly geared towards like a, a like a feminine, like hobby or something. Um, or you know something girl power type stuff you know all that it they seem to sell i seem to sell more of the male cut than anything else for whatever reason so that was interesting. I, and i and i realized going back to reviews for a second here that it's almost always people who didn't buy the shirt themselves but bought it as a gift for other people who leave a review oh it's wow okay like women buying their husbands a gift or their kids or something like that huh okay interesting uh where do you see the future of merch going I, I think that honestly they're just going to take over all the PODs <laughs> are probably going to be, you know, wiped out because Amazon has, I wrote an article about this. And I was looking up the stats. They had just amazon.com, right? Just the American Amazon has 2 billion visitors a month, like 2 billion people. It's so much. Two and billion. all they're doing is selling two types of t-shirts. Like, the print-on-demand space is so big. I mean, they could be doing socks, hoodies, you know, tank tops. And everything that I have read, like looking at the developer boards and, um, you know, Merch by Amazon is actually hiring people, they all mention other things besides just T-shirts. So I don't know when they're coming, but they're definitely going to be coming out with more products. And if I can take the same designs I have and put them on more products, you know, earnings are just going to skyrocket oh that's going to be huge that's going to be you know it's funny i don't i know a lot of people are completely unaware of things like printify you know services like that right yep right and 
if you go into any of their catalogs, like all those like Shopify integrated print on demand services, all of their catalogs have like a hundred, 150 things you can choose from. And yeah, it, and I, you know, it only makes sense that Amazon would move towards that and, and make it part of the prime thing. Yeah. And they would just dominate everyone because like I wrote uh, an article that ended up going viral about integrating, you know, Shopify with a print on demand service called T launch. And then you can take cause Shopify integrated with Amazon. So it's like this big convoluted process, but it allows you to take the designs you already have and put them up on coffee mugs and sweatshirts and such. But the big thing there is even though you will make sales, I mean, I do this, I make sales there. They're not going to be prime and people are going to have to wait quite a while to get their product. Oh, okay. So as long as, as long as Amazon can do that, it makes Amazon so much easier than, you know, any of these workarounds they will take over those spaces. Oh man. Yeah. I, I think so. The big message here for anybody listening is that Amazon prime is, or um, Amazon merch by Amazon is still very, very, very young. It's, if you think it's saturated, uh, <laughs> it couldn't not. be further from the truth. It, I mean, it is like, it's basically beta right now, you know, uh, fast forwarding five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years from now, it's going to be a whole different animal. And if you can get in early, get in now, like that's how you're going to like really build a solid foundation in that program. Well, and the thing that other people aren't even thinking about is right now, I mean, it's mostly just the U.S., right? I mean, there's Amazon, there's Amazon UK, there's Amazon Germany. If you take a look, you might see some merch shirts over there. There's Amazon Japan, Amazon Spain. Like it's, they're everywhere. They're all over the world. And eventually like the program is going to be all over the world. So <laughs> there's so much room for growth. It's, it's, it's really just, it's nothing right now, but there's so much opportunity there. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, listen, uh, Neil, you know, I think we're, we're kind of up against it. And, uh, you know, I think that was a, that was a very, very informative interview. I think, uh, the listeners are going to get a ton of value out of this. I'm curious what your, I guess your plans are going forward. Are you planning? Cause you have 1200 designs right now, but your limit has got to be higher than that. Right. Yeah, yeah, I have eight, I have eight thousand. Eight thousand. Okay, so, so you know, just room, just curious between now and I guess you know, the end of the year, because uh, you were saying earlier you want to get as many slots filled as possible by December. What is your plan between now and then? What is my plan? Well, I have a few conferences coming up for Merge Informer, which are taking precedent. But then after that, I am probably just gonna talk to my designers and see if I can, you know, get them cranking out designs as fast as possible and then spend a lot of long nights uploading because <laughs> seriously, December, December is where it's at. Like you can make, you can make so much money in December. Do you have a target? Are you trying to go for like a six figure month? Uh, yeah, that would be, I know a few people that are trying to get a six figure month there. So I think it's definitely possible. Wow. That is awesome. How many do you think that realistically, do you think you'll be able to, fill up all 8,000? Uh, if I actually stay dedicated to it, probably. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can also take, I mean, I know what some people do is they, they get the PSD file, you know, the Photoshop file that, you know, has an outline that might say something generic and then they just fill in, you know, the name. So it might just say like, everyone loves a blank and then you just fill it up with, you know, nurse, fireman, policeman, yada, yada, yada. yada and you can just turn one design into a hundred. Oh yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really do that because I like to, you know, I don't know. I just like to be more specific. But I know that I know that technique also works. So it's kind of give and take what you want to do. 
Yeah, cool. I love it, man. Um, cool. Well, I just I, uh, so I have one more question, and it's it's really I don't know if people are just getting accepted now, or if they're about to be accepted. You know, what would be like your number one piece of advice uh, for them to get started? Uh, fill your slots immediately. You get when you when you first start, you get two slots uh, each and every day to upload. So one, make sure you're doing your research, and two, do not skip an upload day. Like just to give you an example, uh, my girlfriend's got a merch account. Okay, last month she made twenty dollars, right? <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, I made twenty dollars. That's nothing." Like, it is nothing. She uploaded. Ten, she's at the five hundred tier. I don't know how she got there so quickly because didn't. She made twenty bucks, right? She uploaded her ten slots a day for one month, and she's now doing four hundred a week. So one month's effort turned into sixteen hundred dollars a month. Profit. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, so what's is she getting tactics from from you, or is she just? Well, yeah, I told her how to do the research uh, with Merch Informer, so I just gave her an account and said, "Hey, go do that." Uh, I outsourced it to the person that I have, and then she uploaded them with exactly what I told you here today with the sentence structure keywords put in the listings and it was basically you know it's a numbers game just make sure you upload every single day it's beautiful i love it yeah i mean why not you have so many slots a day fill them right yep um that's great man so listen neil thank you so much for jumping on the podcast i really 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 do appreciate it and um how can people go ahead and get in touch with you if they want to uh well we have a support desk at merchantformer.com uh that's probably the easiest way just drop us a ticket um, yeah, that's, and that's it. To get in touch with me. Yeah. Cool. I'll post all that stuff in the show notes. And, uh, once again, my friend, thanks again. And I will talk to you soon, man. Perfect. You too. All right. Thanks. Take care. Bye. I hope you guys liked that interview as much as I did. I got a, a ton out of listening to Neil. I mean, not only is he just a really down to earth guy and, and really easy to talk to about his product, but he was extremely informative and he doesn't hold back anything. And I can tell you that all of the strategies that he talked about as far as like the BSR stuff, the, the niche research, the keywords, um, the way le he lays out in his bullet points, all the stuff like that, like the tactics of how he sets up listings, all of that stuff, he is 100% telling the truth and accurate. I was able to put all of those things into practice and see the results pretty much immediately. Uh, so if you are not involved in the merch program, I highly recommend you go over to merch.amazon.com and request to be invited and check it out. If for no other reason than just to taste the platform a little bit, see what it's all about, but you will probably be surprised at what kind of easy money you can make on it with very, very little effort. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Do yourself a favor if you're involved in merch at all and go check out merchinformer.com and check out the three-day trial and see what it's all about. I personally think it is worth the hype, uh, but uh, go find out for yourself. So, um, Also, if you know anybody that would get a lot of value out of this who's involved in merch or print-on-demand, please share this episode with them. And once again, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Take care.